Indiana Runner Podcast Season 2, Episode 13. You thought I was excited last podcast? Wait until you hear this one. Instant classic. I take it up two notches talking with Scott Litskin about the upcoming huge Flash Rock and New Prairie Meets. Time is short. Let's hit it. All right, maybe the most exciting week of the regular season. Colin Altavote and Scott Lidskin here, the number one podcaster on the Indiana Runner Podcast Network. You got the top episode right now, Scott. Yes, and I deserve it. Yep. Hey, we'll see if this one can be even higher. Uh, (laughs) We've got two big meets this weekend that we want to talk about. I'm sure there's some others around the state, but these are two of the top three meets, maybe the top two in the regular season in Indiana. Um, INCCstats.com will be busy, but it'll be an easier job. They won't have to compare too many disparate meets, right? Every, almost all of the ranked teams are going to be at one of two places this week, so I guess that'll be, uh, that'll be simpler on the, the old Excel spreadsheets at the uh, INCCstats.com household, wherever it is. Uh, any any early thoughts about Brown County? It's a big meet last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's you just mentioned, you know, like our Riverview Health meet and the New Prairie meet are like the two biggest meets, the two of the biggest meets. But you can you got to put Brown County in that equation, I think, nowadays. Uh, uh, Coach Abraham does a great job with that meet. It's a nice course. I mean, it's 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 an awesome awesome meet. I know you're probably asking me about the competition, but you know. As a meet director, I realize how hard it is to put you know meets on like that. And he just does such a great job down there, and and uh, you know I'm, I'm I, that was the first thing that stood out. There were I mean I didn't count how many runs, but there had to be two thousand at least in that meet. I bet competing and and uh, yeah, I think what stood out to me was I know we've been talking about all along it's how close everything is uh, up front with Columbus North and Carmel girls and Carmel boys closing the gap big time on Columbus North boys and what's going on with Brebuff and, and I hope we get to see them at full strength this weekend with, on the boys side and all, all kinds of questions, but it was, it was awesome looking for those results. Last weekend or last time that we spoke on the podcast, you, I had said, you know what, the Floyd central girls, I, I'm going to call them a podium contender. INCC stats has them much further down the list than I do, but I just, I don't know. I just, I like the Floyd central girls. I just feel like they're good. And I feel like they they can outperform these stats. And then you went and ranked them fourth. And I said, you were too high on Floyd central girls. I believe I called you the Snoop dog of the Floyd central girls. And then they went through and beat all those potential podium teams. So you want to gloat right now? You want to take a victory lap on that? Well, I, I would, I, I wish, I don't even know any runner or coach at, um, <laughs> at Floyd Central, so I have no, I have no like you know tie there or anything like that. But one thing that I I think is is really interesting about them, and they did run you know obviously really really well, but at Brown County. But the thing that that really stands stands out to me is like they they have a fifth runner that ran twenty twenty two, and I think you know we can all agree Brown County is pretty flying fast course, and it was particularly last weekend. And I, you know, what I, what I really like is there's a lot of room for improvement there, right? I mean, a lot of teams 
they've got that fifth runner on the girls' side. But when I say a lot of teams, I mean the, the top, top teams, you know, that fifth runner is already running really fast. And I don't know anything about their depth or their potential, but it seems to me that, you know, that girl, whoever their fifth girl is, I don't want to put all the pressure on her, but, you know, they can find somebody who drops into the, you know, into the 1945 range, which is not inconceivable with, with how much time is left. And like you always talk about, we haven't really had that perfect weather day, although the weather's been pretty good. Uh, they, I like their upside in addition to what they've already done, I guess is what I'm trying to say in way too many words. They've, they've got a really top-heavy team. Yeah. I'm looking at their INCC stats profile right now. Jaden Serencioni is ranked sixth, so she's scoring single digits. We never points. talk about her, and she's and she, awesome. She's Yes, yeah, she's been excellent this season. Um, she's just kind of outside that top group of – but we've mentioned there's, you know, maybe four, five, six – top girls this year in the state and we haven't talked about her as a potential elite elite national elite but then you look at the adjusted ratings and she's right there they have three girls in the top 40 yeah yeah and then I mean, that's the secret to, to success fifth. i remember uh i don't maybe i'm getting way off base here for a webcast but i don't remember coach uh, chapman at iu uh yes about a decade ago and we were at, this was probably about 2006 at the semi-state and my girls team was quite good. We were similar. We were, top, we were really top loaded. We went like two, three, five at the semi-state, but our fifth girl was like, no joke, like 85th or something like that. I, I'm a nervous kind of guy anyway. And I, I'm, you know, I'm talking to him about the state meet. We were sitting there at the semi-state meet. We were talking about the state meet and, and I'm just like, you know, oh my gosh, we're it's, it's going to be close. We're going to be we're going to get picked off at the state meet because we were the, we were the number one team all year. And Chapman started laughing at me. <laughs> He's like, you just went two, three, five at the semi-state. He goes, you know, you, you're going to have three girls in the top 10. And I don't, I'm not saying that Boyd's going to do that, but that's, that's your money. I mean, if you get three girls that are really, really, really good, uh, you can afford to have a fifth girl. That's a little, little back there. And you're going to still be on the podium if they're way up. And Floyd's got some, they're going back to their fifth here on the uh, INCC stats profile, but there's a lot of girls that are kind of really close together yeah, in their I've rating and they don't need all five of them to run really well over the next six weeks. They just need one of those five to improve. Yeah. And that, that could give them a chance because they could be scoring, you know, 50 points or yeah. fewer than that. Through, Maybe less. Through three runners that could be, that's a really, really interesting team. You want to go through, then it, you probably readjusted after last week, right? The last time we spoke, that's been about a week and a half, two weeks. Can't quite remember. Yeah. But you gave your top five boys teams and top five girls teams. Now you said this was, these were rankings. These weren't your projections for the Correct. state meet, right? So a Correct. team that maybe we know they, that uh, we know that there there's a girl that's missing or two boys that are missing that they could get back. And, and that's, that's harder to project. You're not projecting on October 30th. You're saying these are your top five teams right now. You want to, let's go through your boys teams. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I don't want to project, I could do that, but I, I, I'd rather go through the rankings. Um, so boys, actually, I don't think my boys ranking has changed um, since then. I mean, I still have Columbus North at number one, but this is where things get really interesting because Obviously, your team was just a few points back behind them at Brown County. Well, let's be fair. 17 points is quite a bit. All right. And um, 
yeah, that's 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 fair. And and so it was it's really close. I mean, I, in, in there, and I have HSC Hamilton Southeastern second. Um, I have Fishers third uh, because they haven't really done anything in the last two weeks to not be ranked um, in the top three. Um, I know it seems like the Hamilton County meet and the state preview were a long time ago, but they really weren't. Um, and I think Fishers, if I saw it correctly, ran, but they play second at that meet in Illinois last weekend. Um, it was I, in, they actually, they had. Oh, no, Ohio, that's right, that. you're right. It went to Mason. That's right. I yeah, meant, they I used to go Ohio. to Peoria. I don't yeah. know exactly what their team finish was. They went to Mason, Ohio, and I'm pretty sure yes. they finished second there. Um, and then, uh, and then I have Carmel fourth. And then I have Center Grove fifth. It's been a little while since we've seen the full strength Center Grove team. So I'm hoping to see that in the next couple of weeks too, because they're, they're a really fun team, exciting team to watch. So I go Columbus North one, HSC two, Fishers three, Carmel four, Center Grove five. And I got to tell you, I, I also really liked how Bloomington North ran uh, over the last couple of weeks as well. And, um, and obviously we're, we're waiting on Burbuff too. They Bloomington North has an impressive pack. Yeah. And so one of my coaching contacts, coaching friends is a guy that ran for us. It's been on the podcast a few times, Josh Horowitz, essentially the guy that taught me how to do the podcast. You can hear right. that in the ad at the beginning of this. So you listen to those ads. We get like one cent for each one. Um, and we were texting about it and it's, it's crazy because they, they did pretty well at the Brown County meet. You know, they were back from those top two teams in a typical year this Bloomington North team is, uh, I know you don't believe in locks. So I'll say they're a very, very serious podium contender and a, a very probable podium team in a normal year. And when you look through the names of the Bloomington North team, and like you said, there's a lot of time left. Uh, Brown County is seven weeks, I believe, from the state meet. And so maybe they're getting boys back from being injured or being hurt or, or whatever. And you look through the list of names and their performance is about what we thought it would probably be, yeah. but the names are different. Mm. And so if the boys who we thought would be their top guys, in fact, they've got, he's a, his, his uh, grandfather is the coach. His, uh, he's Charlie Worthen's grandson. He was all state last year and I don't think they scored him. And so he's probably coming back from something. Yep. Uh but he is racing. So he's at least healthy enough to be doing that. And he's got seven weeks and he finished in the top 20 last year. And they've got another boy that I don't think they scored him either. And yeah. he uh, ran 943 and made it to the state meet in the 3,200. So their upside is, is there. Um, Massive 17 second, 17 second compression one through five at that meet without you those top a, two boys without them. Yeah. And those if you have, top you know, yeah, you know, this too, if you, you know, it's not like these guys are slow. I mean, I know they're not you know, going to finish in the top 10 at the state meet, but if you have a 17 second compression at the state meet, that doesn't happen. Every team has a guy or two you know, that, that runs just off, you know, a little bit um, or girls teams you know, just at the state meet. It's just really hard to roll all five of your top five. And if you can roll a 17 second compression, you're going to pick off a lot of teams. And then, like you said, you get those other guys back. They're interesting if your kids can run together, if your boys or your girls can run together and they're used to doing it all season, that gives you your best chance to not have those subpar races. Yep. Now, you know, what ruins a one to five gap is a star front runner. You'd rather yeah. have that, of but course. yeah, like, you know, if you're, if you're two through five, if you've got one of those front runners and your two through five can run together, but right. that's all, all of the good, experienced coaches in Indiana, I bet encourage their kids don't slow down for each other, yeah, no. but 
do the best you can to run together. I don't want to tip. I don't want to tip my hand to uh, to the Greyhound strategy, but yeah. Well, we're, no, it's, we've it's, been discussing it's across that. the board. I mean, it, right. it's just the statistics of our sport. It's just good coaching. It's yeah. just it's just a good team strategy. What about your top five girls teams? Moved around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're getting no you getting any higher on Floyd Central? You don't have Floyd Central number one, do you, Scott? Yeah. I do not. I do not. In fact, I will uh, tip my cap that I'm not wearing right now to you. We had that little discussion about who was the, uh, well, I guess you could say the top dog, right? The Greyhounds and the the Bulldogs. Um, And uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to move Carmel into that number one slot. Cause again, it's based on currently, you know, who's the best team. Well, it was a close one, but Carmel beat Columbus North at Brown County. Shout out. Fair and square. So congratulations on that uh, podcast win for you. Thank you. Um, Columbus North. podcast win, personal win, family win. Yeah. You got it going. Great on day now. for us. Except the Colts. Except the Colts. And, and actually the team that I am the coach of. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not probably more importantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the interesting thing now is and how great I think the battle is for the podium teams, maybe like third through ninth, third through 10th place girls teams are all very close, but Carmel and Columbus North are, clearly separated from that that group so columbus north would be second and then it gets i mean it's tough i'm gonna i can't i'm gonna keep zionsville in at three they brought their top girl back if i saw that correctly hill ran at correct. brown county and let's wait honestly run 1857 in your first race back is pretty impressive um and then i think they sat some other girls so i know it kind of is hypocritical because i talk about you know where you're at right now but their girls ran the week prior, those girls that sat this week. So, um, uh, you know, at this point, I, 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 it's, I'm going to go Zionsville three. So Zionsville, Zionsville's rating was 265, but their adjusted rating was 177. Yeah. And so how does that compare to the other teams last weekend mm-hmm. taking 177? And that means that the, the missing runners come in at their season average. Right. Uh, Floyd Central was wow. You're gonna love this. Uh, I know you're not a big INCC stats guy, but this is this is compressed to borrow yeah. your term. So Zionsville's adjusted rating put their runners in the three that they were missing at their average 177. Floyd 176, Westfield wow. 177, Valpo 181, all from the same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean that's that just backs up. And well, we'll we'll give INCC stats the nod of having. Uh, more intelligence than me but um but yeah i mean everybody's really close so it's it, it, you know toss them up that's one of the reasons i'm so excited about the, the uh our meet this weekend whenever you held flash rock invite because a lot of those teams are going to be there um so i'm going to go zionsville three I, i'm going to keep floyd central at number four I, I i think those three front runners and and the way they're running right now at four and then you know noblesville um beat westfield at Indiana Wesleyan last confirmed and Chesterton. I, from what I gathered, that sounded like they tried maybe a little different racing strategy last Saturday from what I, my, uh, my, my, my people that are up there tell me. What? uh, what? Okay. Can you be more specific? What? I cannot know. Run slower. What was the racing strategy? I don't know. They just tried it. They tried something a little bit different and, uh, and it, it didn't quite work. I think the way they were hoping. So, but that's what they ran. And then if you, so I, I took, I took Chesterton out of my top five, moved Noblesville in with Chesterton. And I mean, heck Westfield was awesome last weekend. 
they were only, I don't know, handful of points behind Noblesville. And then I think very quietly, Valpo was only nine points behind Westfield last Saturday. So I think they are clearly in the mix in that top for that top five and North Central, who I thought was very solid at Brown County. So it was tough, but I'm going to say right now this week, Noblesville at five. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're joking around about Chesterton girls. Obviously, they didn't run as well last week. We don't know the exact reason why we can speculate. But uh, you're closer to your best performance than you are your worst performance. And the, the more well-coached a team is, the more likely they are to run their better performance in the tournament and the most important parts of the season. And I'm just, I'm willing to declare it right now on the podcast and previous podcasts and future ones. And if you just happen to see me out on the streets, the streets of Northview church on Saturday, like Chesterton is a well-coached team. So they've been good since, since Lindsay switched to Chesterton. She was also an excellent coach and had very good teams at crown point. Um, So I, I, you're, you're right. As you go through those teams one by one, like, man, that's really interesting. There are a lot of good teams. There are a lot are. of good girls teams and the, the teams, top well-coached teams. Yeah. The top end depth isn't there the way that it is on the boys side, the historic depth, the like, yeah. you're going to finish sixth at the state meet, but in a, in a typical year over the last 15, you'd be second or you'd be, a, you're going to finish fourth, but in a, in a, a typical year, you would blow everybody out of the water. That's not happening on the girls side, but it is, it's very, it's outside of those top two. It's very, very close. Yeah, and that's going to make for such a fun, you know, last couple of weeks of the season because, you know, some of those teams, even in like, let's say the Shelbyville semi-state, you know, you, you got to make it out of there. You know, it's not, it's not like, you know, automatic, Ooh, yeah. like I said, no locks, you know, so it's, it's. Well, there's locks. All right, but not there's for them. Locks. Those teams, I mean, you know, teams like Franklin right. Central girls and Avon girls have, have some, some real upside, I think, too. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just going to be a really really intriguing last last few weeks of the season as usual sure hey let's take a quick break and then we will get to our uh meets of the week and we're back so two two big meets this weekend Let's uh, let's do a reverse of what we normally do. Let's go with the biggest one first. I mean, you're very, very familiar with. This is the Riverview Health Flash Rock invite. Have we taken the word Flash Rock out of it? The flashes don't go anymore. No, but, you know, there's a lot of history and tradition with them. And, and I almost feel like the, the meat is like a brand name in a way. We talked yeah. about oh, changing yeah. the name at one point. Um, and Riverview Health has been a very generous sponsor. Um, but uh, we just couldn't quite take that name word out. It's just it's 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 our brand. It's our fifteenth year running the meet now. So I I I don't mind. We all got bills to pay, right? I don't mean, mind saying Riverview Health on the podcast, but I got to tell you, when I wrote the things on the board this week, who's running the varsity, what times to get to the meet, all that kind of stuff, I definitely put I definitely put Flash Rock. Okay, deep breath here. I'm going to go through all of the ranked teams, and then I got a couple more of note. Number two, Hamilton Southeastern. Number three, Fishers. Number four, Carmel. Number five, Center Grove. Number six, Noblesville. Number eight, Zionsville. Number 12, Brabuff. Number 15, Westfield. Number 16, North Central. Those are based on the Indiana runner rankings. And then unranked but notable, 
Angola, this is the boys' side, and Garen. Number one in my heart, unranked in the polls, un- unranked on, on Indiana Runner. Yeah. So that's a loaded field, right? Yeah, you know, it's um, the meet has changed so much over the years, especially when Conference Indiana moved their conference meet to the same day as our uh, Riverview Health meet. So it used to be you know, a little bit more of, you know, we got some teams from Bloomington area and Columbus area. So it felt a little more statewide, you know, across the state kind of feel to it. And I think Fort Wayne Carroll came a couple of years. And uh, so, but now this year, it seems like it's really concentrated on those central Indiana teams. And I know HSC and Fishers are in the New Haven semi-state, but this is sort of like the, uh, the battle of the, of the 317 area code, so to speak. Do you think that changing the semi-state from that Northview Church, the flat, everyone outside of uh, outside of Hamilton County actually calls that they don't call it Northview Church; they call it Flash Rock, right? <laughs> My dad, who coached at Snyder, calls it Flash Rock. Um, do you think changing it from that Northview Church location, the Flash Rock course, to Shelbyville has that impacted the numbers or the interest from the teams? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think it's possible, but we still are so, you know, loaded with uh, Shelbyville semi-state teams. I really think that that conference Indiana thing was, was a big deal. I mean, we lost Franklin Central, both Columbus schools used to come, both Bloomington's, no, Bloomington South, I think, used to come. Um, So that, that kind of took a little bit away there. And, uh, you know, it's just, I've found all these big meets. It's kind of, other than New Prairie, which like, they're the, they're the kings of everything here in terms of hosting big meets and, and coach Chastain at Culver, but it's like cyclical, like anything else, you know, sometimes the meets get bigger and better. And some years you, you know, you kind of down a little bit and, and we're, you know, we're just, this is just a really, really good solid year for us. And we're excited about it. It feels like the, the average lifespan or the life cycle of a meet is you start with a meet, you might have a decent amount of interest and then in cross country, not necessarily in track, but in cross country, it gets almost too big and there's too much going on and there's too many runners on the course and then teams start dropping out. And so I think we've been there with a lot of different schools. Um, so really to get to 15 years, is it's, it's pretty incredible. It's no new prayer, right? That's been going on since like the 1850s or something. But. Yeah. And oh my gosh, do those guys do a good job running that meet? I mean, they have, I, I don't I, w- I don't want to say it's like double the amount of kids that we have competing, but it's a lot more than we have. And they, they get them through. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, so we went through the rankings. How many team title contenders do you fancy in this boys race? Or do you fancy at least the schools that will be there? On the boys side, I, I mean, <laughs> if everybody were to run their full strength team, which, you know, I, I I'm. I don't know that for sure. Um, I mean, certainly Hamilton Southeastern is a state title contending team. Um, your Carmel Greyhounds certainly are. Got out. Um, I mean, I, I believe that Coach Warnicky's Fishers Tigers are. I think they showed that at, at the county meet for sure. They're, they're always They're so always good. They're always. Always good. And always tough. I know I've talked about this with you or on a podcast before. I just love the way they run. Like, they get out hard. And, and, you know, it's almost like that's a style that Fishers runs just bold. And, and uh, I'm jealous you know, of those teams sometimes. Let me, let me add this in on the podcast. Cause the podcast is a lot of different stuff, right? I mean, this isn't, uh, this isn't like football where, you know, professional football, where you've got your 
teams and then the analysts and it's all like we're we're all coaches former coaches but we're also covering the sport all that in the last five years or so even even less than that probably we're in the strava era everybody yeah. knows what everybody else is doing because they're putting it out there and i one of my my coaching colleagues is on strava a lot i, I i'm not on there but um had said yeah this and he he coached at carmel he said the team that has the most in common training wise with Carmel is Fishers. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting that, because I think also too, that the, the knock on the way that we train is that it's, it's all aerobic, it's all oxygen delivery. And that'll, that's fine for cross country, but it hurts you in track. And then those are the teams that went one, two last year in the four bite at the state meet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we can get into it. <laughs> that's a whole different topic, but I, I'm, those are I, our December and January pods. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But yeah, Coach Warnicky's awesome. They're always good. Um, so, I, you know, I think they are in that discussion. And I am certainly not ready to take uh, the, the buff team out of that discussion either. We haven't seen them at full strength yet. I am hoping that we will this week, not just because it's it's our meet, but, you know, Coach Kinnear's a great coach, he's a great guy. And he, I mean, you know, he knows he's got a great team there. He, you want to see, you want to see what they look like when, when everybody's there and, and firing, and and uh, so I hope that's the case too this week. So I would put them in that mix as well. And again, I, I get, don't know if everybody. I get the feeling they will. I don't know why. I just I get the feeling that this is the week. Well, it was not last week, so. Right, right. Yeah, they said their top four boys at that yeah. meet, and then and it's not a it's not an especially large school and an especially deep team, and so yeah, that yeah that has an effect on it. Um, individually on the boys' side, three of the top five boys on INCC stats: Isaiah Sturry, Cole Matisson, and Krishna Thirunavukarasu are there. They, those boys have all run fifteen minutes or faster, and we haven't had an ideal day. I know we've had a couple of nice <laughs> days seasonal average i would say um no, it's been got, cooler than that you're wrong i'm an i'm an amateur meteorologist all right um it's we've had seasonal average days but i mean scott like we're we're possibly getting into you know a 48 degree morning when they shoot the gun off at some of these last year's flash the rock state. that's what it was Last year, right. Flash Rock, that's what we're right. Doing. Yeah. And I mean, the, the team that won their fourth guy ran 1553. I don't mind telling you. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're going to get one of those days. And if we, if we get that at some point, you're right. I, you're right. We but I don't, had we're not, we're not awesome getting day. in the next two weeks. So we're, we're probably not getting that until the sectional regional. But some of these sectionals and regionals post now, if it happens at the sectional, it's just a waste. But if it happens at the regional, you know, there's a regional at Noblesville there's a regional at Columbus North, like yeah, really, know. really fast course. We haven't gotten anything remotely. No, you're, there. you're right. You're right about that. I just compare it to like what it could have been with the heat. And uh, it's been, it's, it's, listen, I, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm in charge of the meet this weekend. And, and I, I, that's what I look at the, the weather as uh, uh, potentially as one of the, the competitors. I mean, it, it's going to be a different type of day. It looks like weather wise than we've had the last, two or three weekends i think that's going to play a factor in the results well and and that's you know from a coaching perspective the weather doesn't matter yeah. right i mean yeah it's totally. about competition but totally. at the same time the kids that 
that you can just say, let's go out and compete and not worry about the times. That's a, that's a much smaller group. If you have a large team, right. That, that it's, it's tough to go from the Brown County meet to the flash rock meet. And it's a much more challenging course. One that really mirrors Laverne Gibson and then be like, by the way, it's going to be 10 degrees warmer on a harder course. And that's a, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough turnaround. It's going to be a different, it's going to be a different racing experience for the, uh, the athletes this weekend that have been running at the Brown counties and Brownsburgs and Indiana Wesleyans and Columbus North doesn't mean they won't run well. It's just, it's just going to be a totally different racing experience. Right. And that's, that's part of cross country. That's part of the sport, but it's also when you're working with dozens and dozens of high school kids, especially, you know, kids born in 2006, 2008, not 2008, I guess it wouldn't be in high school yet, but the, these are kids that are used to data. They're used to tangible things. They're used to having all of the information and it's harder, it's harder to convince them or explain to them yeah. you know, the, the differences in those, in those things. Uh, that's, that's an extra challenge. How do, how do you think the, uh, before we get into the girls meet, which is, if it's not more exciting, it's just as exciting. How, how do you think the big conference meets the next weekend maybe affects coaches thinking. So we've got the HCC, which is the most loaded conference for distance running in the state. It's not even close. And also the MIC, which some years isn't very uh, competitive, right? You've usually got kind of one runaway team, but the Center Grove boys are ranked just as high as the Carmel boys. And on the girls' side, the North Central girls are really good. Yeah, I, I think uh, that it's, it's interesting and I, I, any team that, you know, decides to, to not run their top guys or girls at the, the, the interview health meet this weekend to get them a little bit of whatever you want to call it, rest or not over race them before their conference meets. I am totally on board with that. I totally get that. I don't begrudge any of those teams. Um, you'd think that the teams that do that would be the teams that really feel like they have a chance to win their conference meets. I would hope, um, you know, I'm not trying to like turn my nose up at finishing third or fourth in the HCC or the MIC, but, um, but I think that would be a, a real reason to maybe sit your, your top kids at this weekend is if you had a real legit chance in, a, in what you think is going to be a close conference meet the next weekend. I get that. But otherwise, um, I think I used the term with you the other day. I think the Flash Rock meet is a real character building meet. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be in a field that's about the size of a semi-state. Um, you're on a former semi-state course, a course that's kind of like Terre Haute. So, you know, sometimes, like you said, it's not always about the data and it's about growing as a runner and growing as an athlete. And, and I think this is the kind of meet that can do that. Yeah. New Prairie I mean, too, by the way, New Prairie too. And a little inside baseball peek behind the curtain here. I had really thought of, you know, as I kind of lay out and you, you coached for, for so long, you understand this for sure. Like, you lay out, okay, here's what our training could look like or should look like or whatever, theoretically. But then you've got to make adjustments as you get into the season. Absolutely. And I had thought, okay, and I, I told you this, like, yeah, I don't know. We may take that flash rock meet and sit some of our top boys. And then I started thinking, well, it's a young team. And I, uh, this is a chance for a really good experience. Like you said, a big meet with varied competition on a good course, one that kind of mirrors the state meet course. And so we started thinking, well, maybe we'll run more boys than we thought, but said some boys and eventually got to the point that like all of our guys were just like, yep, I'm ready to run. I want to race again. So we're going to, 
we're going to go full bore. But again, yeah, I, same thing. I don't, I don't begrudge Where is anybody. The Mick? Uh, it's at Ben Davis this year. It's supposed to be a rotating three-year thing between Ben Davis, North Central, and Pike. We'll see. We'll see how that works in theory. We'll see what the future of the Mick looks like in the next yeah. year, five years, whatever. Um, girls' side. Number one, Carmel. Number three, Noblesville. Number four, Zionsville. Number six, Westfield. Number seven, North Central. Number 11, Hamilton Southeastern. Number 13, Avon. Number 22, Brabuff. Unranked but notable. Park Tudor, Delta. Delta in the invite race is a team, but I'd imagine that Delta's individual will be in the championship race. She is. She will be running in the championship race. And Park Tudor in the championship race just outright? Yes. And they have two notable individuals. Uh, individually, Nikki Sutherland of Delta confirmed in the championship race by meet director Scott Litzkin here. You heard it here first. Uh, they are number two and number three on INCC stats. That's got to be exciting, right? For sure. And I think what's <laughs> what makes that even more interesting is how is that race going to play out? I mean, like, they're the two best runners in that field. Obviously, uh, Farley from Park Tudor is really, really good. Carmel has some really really good runners but like if sutherland goes out real hard which i've seen her do in races you know many races before is really gonna you know force kennedy or anybody else to make a decision um because sutherland is so good it, it's it's not like you can just expect that she's gonna come back to you you know so i i'm that i'm really curious about is what the first two kilometers are going to look like um in in and up front is it going to be one girl broken free alone at 2k or or is it going to be kind of a um uh, kennedy practicing what she's going to do with cridge and sutherland for later in the season i mean i don't imagine i don't know either of these two athletes at all but i <laughs> i don't imagine sophia kennedy letting anybody run away from her right away i mean even when she was outmatched and of course we didn't know it until the races already happened but she was outmatched by cridge in those um 3200s last last spring and in the track season she never let her just run away from her um but this was also last year to me felt like the big announcement from nikki sutherland of you know we kind of had people in the know had had heard about well there's this freshman girl from delta she's pretty good she's running these fast times she's got these good ratings and then she just hung in there for a long time sophia kennedy was fifth the year before at the state meet and she just really really put the hammer down those last two or three hundred meters and um and i after that i was adamant uh to a fault is someone that's supposed to be you know that knows a lot about indiana high school distance running I was adamant she was going to win the state meet the rest of the way. And I, I think I picked her the whole way through. Uh, I think she dealt with some various injuries. I mean, right. She's a, she's a young distance runner. She's at a school that um, I don't know anything about their coaching staff. I, but potentially like she's clearly the best runner at that school ever. Um, So knowing how to handle one of these athletes that, you know, if you're at Reese Kilbogger stump, at Columbus North is not the best boy to go through Columbus North right. quite yet. Uh, maybe we'll see after this, this fall in the be, spring. It'll be tough to do. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a tall mountain to climb, right? Yeah. Cole Matisson yeah. is not the best runner. 
at the school that he goes to. And he's got another full two years, essentially, but But also another tough mountain to climb. Um, And I, I, I think that could be part of it, but man, she is so darn fast. She is so good. And it's crazy to think that, you know, Sophia Kennedy, who has run what, 10, 14, 10, 16, somewhere like that, right? A time yes. that if you go, if we were to get in the DeLorean and go back 10 years and be like, hey, there's, you know, these girls that are running 10, 14, 10, 16, and they're underdogs in these big regular season cross country meets. It's, it's just, it's crazy how far we've come. Absolutely. And, and just another, te- what you're saying, again, that testament to the fact that there's, there's a long, long way to go in the season you've heard me like my you know kind of standard line to my teams was always you know there are as many weeks from flash rock i think actually the week at culver the culver meet to state is there are from the early early bird to culver yeah and it doesn't seem that way it feels like from culver to state it's real short but it's not it's the same amount of like actual days and there's a lot of things that happen in those days that's so funny that you say that because you and I have never talked about this, but I use that exact same strategy. Sometimes I'll, I'll go, it's like, hey, we're six weeks away from the state meet. You want to go back six weeks? And it's like, yeah, that's like the team camp or something. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a ton of time. And yeah, a lot of things can happen. But also, once you start racing, there's not a ton of, right. There's not a ton of movement. Right. So these two girls someone, are going to be in the hunt to win in the state championship. Right. I mean, that, if someone be beats it. you by 30 seconds, it's like, well, there's a ton of time. Like, yeah, but 30, you know, what's a ton of time, 30 seconds. Yes. Right. Uh, on team wise, Carmel's number one. Um, deep pause there as I'm thinking, I'm not going to tip anything. Um, <laughs> who, who knows who could run for any of these teams? Uh, Noblesville, Zionsville, Westfield, North Central, those to me seem to be serious podium contenders. Yeah, that's that's the interesting, uh, you know, sort of mid-September battle that I'm curious about. And the other school that we talked about early in the, the very early podcast, I'm real curious to see where how close Avon can be to that group. I know they're, you know, they're they're not considered in that group yet ranking-wise. But I think we're going to find out a lot more about Avon as a, a potential state meet caliber team in this tough. Set. They're definitely a state meet caliber team, but in the Shelbyville semi-state, you know, it's a little, it's a little deeper and it's a little tougher to make it out than some of the other semi-states real curious about them. So it's kind of like a semi-state preview, um, you know, minus uh, just a couple teams in there. And so it, it'll look real interesting with the kind of that, that, like you said, the Noblesville Westfield, Zionsville, North central group, and then how close Avon can be. But I, I think if Carmel runs their full squad, they're, they're probably pretty clear. So Noblesville, Zionsville, Westfield, North Central, that's four, right? You put yep. Carmel in there, obviously that's five. Right. You don't like the word locks, but pretty close. And I still it, think, you know, Coach Sweetman does a really good job at Franklin Central. They tend to, to run really well right at the end. I, I would not count them out at all yet. And uh, it, it seems to me that at this point, it, it's between Avon and Franklin Central. Yeah. But like, I mean, when you say there's no such thing as a lock, that makes sense because a lot of things could happen. It's, it's a non-contact sport, but it's also a sport that like you can tear your ACL in football and they can give you a brace and you can just play the last two playoff games. But in distance running, if there's any, 
even something that's slightly wrong, that wrong motion repeated 2,000 times over a 5,000-meter race makes it essentially impossible for you to run or be close to your – and so any kind of injury or contact tracing or any of that in a sport where it's all about just five people – yeah, I mean, and 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 I'm probably not the right person to, to to talk about this because, you know, I coached two teams that won state championships, that lost the that those two years when we won the state championship, we lost every single meet in the postseason until the state meet. So, oh, I mean, that's the dream. So you know, yeah, that happened in 1998 and in 2005, both times. Carmel beat us every single time we raced them except the state meet. So. Um, so yeah, so I'm, you know, that's why I don't, I just, I don't locks or it's just a tough word for me. Let's switch down. You know what though? Quick question. Yeah. Outside of let's, let's do, let's do a quick projection. I know you don't like it. All right. Well that, no, I'm okay with that. We just got to make sure we know we're, we're saying this is a projection. This is not based on rankings. Scott could pick whatever team he wants. He could pick. Fort Wayne Snyder to do it if he wants. Outside of those top two, which girls team do you feel the most secure in finishing on the podium at the state meet, finishing in the top five at the state meet? Outside of Carmel and Columbus North. Oh, wow, you're taking your glasses off and rubbing your face. Yeah, that's tough because I want to think this one through. I want to say Coach Bevins in my Westfield Shamrocks, uh, but I, I, I think that uh zionsville is probably that team to me they've been on the podium a number of years in a row now uh their coach is now in her second year and guided them to the podium uh last year their front runner is just coming back they seem to have a good mix of depth hack running good compression plus a top runner um i'll go zionsville i think that's the logical thing to say i sorry floyd Sorry, Highlanders. Yeah, you're not. They were going to invite you up to get your picture taken on the podium, but not anymore. <laughs> hey, they don't even come to the Flash Rock meet. Forget them. <laughs> wow. You're even more provincial than I am. Yeah. I, I think that sounds right. But I still just feel really good about North Central girls. They made it last year. They don't have the front runner but they've got that pack running. They've got some upside with some of their girls. I think those are, I, I don't want to say, it's hard to say anybody's a likely team. Likely would be more than 50%, right? Yeah. You're an English teacher. Yeah. So I don't know that anybody's more than 50%, but I, yeah. I think those are the two that are getting there's the closest too many of them. to 50%. But you're right. I mean, there's just, there's Noblesville, there's Zionsville, there's North Central, there's Westfield. There's Floyd, there's Valpo, there's Chesterton. I mean, there's just so many Carol. of them right now. Carol. Yeah, I mean, Carol is a team that we just haven't – we haven't seen all of their best girls on the same day. We haven't seen them a whole lot. And I, I talked to Phil Yoder, who's their recently retired head coach, um, and he had said when I talked to him at Marion that, like, well, after this year, as is, is we're not a contender, as we're maybe not necessarily a title contender, we probably need to get onto the West Noble course because that's our regional course and see it. So, yeah, they, I mean, but are they the best team in New Haven? Are they a quote unquote lock to make it out of the new, like, you know, they may. No, they're have, a lock to make it to the state meet for sure. That's what I mean. They may have to worry less than, let's say, the North Centrals of the world 
advancing the state meet so they can kind of adjust training and, and, you know, yeah, but solely I, focus on that one weekend. I, I don't know. I feel like the, the five best teams in the Shelbyville semi-state have separated themselves enough <coughs> that I, I don't know. So for instance, right now on INCC stat, the fifth ranked team in the Shelbyville semi-state is North central. Do you, That's care, great do you care to guess their odds, their percentage chance to advance to the state meet? On INCC stats, probably yes. 89. 97.1. Oh, gosh. Wow. So I think that those are teams that could feel relatively certain and not necessarily need to point their training to advancing from that and can do some kind of running through. I would disagree with that, but okay. If I were the if I were their coach, I'd be running through. I think you have to do that. I mean, but I I still think that the t- there are some teams that are that behind them, like Franklin Central and Avon, that that you you well, got to be wary of. So that's interesting because the question here at the semi-state level is if you factor Franklin Central in. Their number one runner, and I believe she was All-State or close to being All-State last year, is not yeah. in. So when you put her in, if she's back to anywhere close to her normal level, how, do the, how does that change the percentages for that? And if suddenly she gets in and uh, it's 97.1% chance, but there's only a 0.1% chance that Franklin Central beats us if I'm North Central. Yeah. And I... I suddenly have a 30% chance that Franklin Central beats us. That that could change some of that math. I could change some of my calculus as the coach. Right. But you're also you you're talking with the king of running through the regional and the semi-state. So that's yes. gonna be my answer to anything. Mm-hmm. New prayer invitational. Uh, you talked about the number of kids there, exactly 99 teams. Wow. They're gonna run across three divisions. To put that in perspective, we have about 79, uh 70. 70 teams at our meet. 70 teams. So, but those also probably tend to be bigger teams, right? I mean, you just, the bigger, there are more, more small big, schools at New Prairie. There are more, yeah, small more schools. big schools in, in central Indiana. Yeah. Um, on the boys side, number 13, North Ridge, number 19, Penn, number 25, Laporte. I think that's interesting because I think if you go back, 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 some of those teams may have been not North Ridge. I think they've always been in that Northeastern semi-state. Uh, yeah, the yeah. pen used to be in the New Prairie semi-state, and now they're in the New Haven semi-state, which yeah. is actually the Huntington semi-state. But um, so three ranked teams on the boys' side. On the girls' side, this is maybe a little more interesting. Yeah. Number eight, Chesterton. Number ten, Valpo. Number seventeen, Warsaw. Number eighteen, Penn. Number twenty, East Noble. Newly ranked East Noble with a star freshman. Yes. And number twenty-five, Lake Central. So what's exciting to you for that meet? Uh, a lot. I think um, uh, the first thing I like, um, again, I love teams. I think I've said that before. So I love watching a cross-country meet. And let's talk about the boys' race at New Prairie for a second. Like, where do you think the fifth runners are going to place on the winning team in the boys' race? Like, are they going to be in the – I don't mean times. Like, in overall in the race, 30th place, 50th place. Sixth, what, where do you think that's going to be ballpark? 50th sounds about right. See, I love that. I love because that's like state meet, right? I mean, you, you go to a meet like that and you're 
you're a fan and you're why everybody watches the front runner win we all clap yeah yeah but when you watch that that pack in that 40 50 60 range where you know you can pass five guys in the last 100 meters and change the meet bam just like that in a lot of ways i love meets like that so i think that's a fun thing to watch on the boys side at new prairie girls side wow that is a great i'm curious about the valpo chesterton matchup how about the corinna james uh kaylee Politza from valpo uh, match up there and, and Lillian Zalasco from New Prairie. I don't know if she'll run in the up in the big race or not. Oh, she has to run in the big race. I would hope she so has to. I, I I agree, but um, but we don't. I mean, I don't know for sure. So I, I the 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 Valpo Chesterton battle and the James Pulitzer battle, uh, and then the boys sort of team battle, watching like a true cross country, looking like a state meet kind of race. Those are things that excite me about New Prairie. Chesterton and Valpo girls are just, they're really, really good. And it'll be interesting to see how they match up. Yep. And I think that, you know, what's exciting about the Chesterton girls would be how well they ran. And I know it was the early, 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 early meet at Laverne, but man, they were so good at that meet and it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be so easy as the coach after running great on the state meet course and i i don't know if they're back those are schools you know up in the northwest man they do not mind traveling either um but it's got to be so i don't know if they'll be back for the laverne night meet uh or not but it's got to be so easy as the coach or, or or so good as the coach to be able to say as you get close closer to the meet like remember how we ran on that course yeah like yeah. this is your course you've seen yeah. this you know it um, and I, I think, I think Chesterton is a, is a very, very likely podium team. Not very, very likely, very, very likely would be like 80%, but they're, they've got a good chance. They've got a shot. They've, it's a potential podium team. Uh, Valbo well, let's, seems- I want to say this about Chesterton girls. And this is kind of, I think a little similar to what you were saying before, when you're saying you're closer to your best performance than your worst. When, when, if you're, a, if you're an experienced coach and, you have a team that did not run particularly well. We've all been there, right? You have a meet, your team doesn't run particularly well. Um, you, it, usually you're going to run really well the next meet. <laughs> so yeah. if you don't, now we got some trouble. But usually, so I, I'm expecting Chester to run really well this weekend because they didn't run so well last weekend and they're, they're kind of ticked at that performance. And, and if they don't, well, then we can start talking a little bit about you know, what's going on there, but I, I'm expecting them to run great. So it's funny that you say that because, and we need to get going. We always say half hour and then always yeah, I know. Hour. that's the Indiana runner podcast motto. We give you twice as much as promised. Um, you and I talked about this years ago, years ago. I don't want to say the year, but there was a particular boys team that performed really, really well at the semi-state. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. They killed us at the semi-state. And then the next week it, we won and they, uh, well, they didn't win. I'll put it that way. And I called it the USIP theory, USIP, unsustainable spike in performance. And so you mentioned that whenever you run pretty poorly for whatever reason, whether that maybe wakes up some of the athletes on the team, or that's just the normal progression of performance with adolescent athletes, whatever it is, I think it goes the opposite too. 
And I'm not saying I, I don't know anything about any of these teams. This isn't about this meeting in particular, just kind of a general observation from watching all of this over the course of the last, oh gosh, almost 20 years at this point that like, whenever you have that great, great big meet, sometimes if that happens at the regional and you're trying to make it out of the semi-state or happens at the semi-state and you're trying to run well at the state meet, it, it goes, it goes both directions. I agree with you. And, and from my perspective, I always, I didn't mind when our team ran poorly at, or, you know, maybe not quite as well at the semi-state um, because like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on kids you know, when they run at these big, big meets. They're, they're under stress and they're under pressure. If you can go to the state meet and have your team ticked about what happened the previous week and focused on just improving from what they did the previous week, as opposed to worrying about, you know, like you just said, sustaining some, you know, unbelievable performance. I think it's easier in a sense to go into the state meet ticked and, and just try to improve than it is holding on to some, you know, maybe once in a season performance. Yeah. Yeah. These are the, these are the things we're thinking of as we're what, I guess Saturday will be six weeks away from the state meet. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and we're now getting into the big, big regular season meets. I mean, you're, you're, if you aren't seeing high levels of competition, it's because you're purposely avoiding it. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you purposely aren't going to Brown County or flash rock or new Prairie. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a lot of that going around. So an exciting week. Any, any final thoughts? No, like I said, just can't wait. Everything goes smoothly and, uh, and, and that uh, we see some awesome performances. Any parent corner or what are your kids up to? Anything? My Ella, my, my oldest daughter's ran her first uh, ever 3K race last week as a fifth grader. So she oh, did great. How'd that go? She did great. I mean, she, she, she's enjoying it and, and she's uh, so far so good. Three, 3K is a long, that's a I long know. way. And our youth program, our kindergartners run 2K. Man, you guys are <laughs> getting know. it done. That's well, that's true. I mean, in our area, it's just with the race distances. It's crazy. Yeah. I, uh, my, my son's two. And before he went to bed, I, I did tell him, he said, I'm going to run around. I said, okay, but you got to run around in your room. And once I, I'm going to drop your clothes off in the dirty clothes. And once I come back, you got to stop running. So did a couple laps in his room and then, and then stopped. So very nice. Get that stopwatch out. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're at the, we're doing interval training over here at the Altavote household. All right. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. We'll, we'll check back in soon. And, uh, you know, for your sake, go Floyd. Yes. Go Highlanders. Is that what go they Floyd are? Highlanders. Yes. One of the best names in India. It is. It's great. Go Floyd. Go Garen. All <laughs> right. Thanks Scott. Yep. Thank you.